Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad you're able to click on and, and chime in on our conversation on our top 10. This is our top 10 and really it's a top 10 for counting down of how you can stay married and guess what, and do so for 59 years. So we'll be talking with some guests today, some special guests today to be able to share with us how to be able to do that. So they're going to share all of their secrets with us. And today's guests are Milton and Cherry Tripp from Moorhead City, North Carolina. These happen to be my wife's parents who have been married for 59 years. So just to give you some background um, to who they are, um, this is the couple that does everything together, even dresses up together. I don't know if that's part of the secret. We're going to find out what they can share with us. And I mean, they've done this for 59 years and with six children. So we want to be able to find out what the secret sauce is to how they've made this particular marriage and marriage happen and how they have done that so successfully. And before we get into the top 10, I want to share some marriage statistics with you to give you a background of why this conversation is important to have experts who've been married 59 years to talk to us. According to the Pew Research Center, the landscape of relationships in America has shifted dramatically in recent decades. From cohabitation, same-sex marriages, interracial, interethnic marriages, as the U.S. marriage rate has declined, though, Divorce rates have increased among older Americans, believe it or not. In 2015, for every 1,000 married adults ages 50 and older, 10 had divorced and up from five in 1990. Um, listen to this. Among those ages 65 and older, the divorce rate has roughly tripled since 1990. Unbelievable. Half of U.S. adults today are married, a share that has remained relatively stable in recent years, but is down nine percentage points over the past quarter century, and dramatically different from a peak of 72% of people who were married in 1960, according to newly released census data. So let's talk about the top 10 now for Milton and Cherry Trip. Right, because we we got we, are, we all have to get off this train. We got to stop yeah. and figure this thing out and do a root cause analysis. So um, top 10, let's start with, with 10. Let's start with number 10. All right. You all want to share about what your top 10? I got it. Feel that it could be humor. What do you all say? Well, well, since uh, my wife and I, we all, I would let her lead. So I'm gonna let her lead this off, and I'll follow. <laughs> well, you said the top ten is humor. I do like humor. I don't like people all frowning, frowns, and uh, drooping around. I like people that talks and smile, and I like that from my make. I like the fact that my like my mate likes to say things that are humorous and smile. He loves to smile, and this kind of sets the tone for getting along, enjoying each other. Mr. Tripp, you mentioned earlier before we got on, I was reading these statistics about people waiting after 65 to get divorced. And you said what? They have, someone had the idea that maybe their life is being shortened, so they maybe want to test the water otherwise, but that's a big <laughs> mistake. I, I think humor is the cement that cements a relationship together. Without humor, you, you fail in a lot of areas. It's a vital, it's a vital part of marriage. Number nine, Katrina. Number nine, you all mentioned how you like to do things together. How, how important is that to you all in your marriage? To me, that is very important. When we first 
married, that was one of the most important things to me, to have a mate that wanted to share ideas, taking me out, being with me when he go out, and just being together. I found out that that's the best part of life is going out together. I mean, that you cannot be interrupted by other people's attention. I found out being a member of the BBNT board that when I was without my wife, there was a lot of distraction there. And I found that I was one of the major ones that contributed to the wives coming to the BBNT board by saying that I felt undressed without my wife and I would not want to attend any other meeting. So they began to accept the fact that wives should be together. Okay. And I think that's important because a lot of times people can live single lives, even though they're married, um, they have their own things going on. So it's important to do things together. I hear you. Okay. You all even dressed alike this morning. Right. <laughs> is, that, is that a prerequisite? We'll get back to that. If that's a prerequisite that you have to dress together, dress alike. I thought, I thought the white shirts would be more good because <laughs> I do want to make a picture later. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Well, let's okay. post this picture with the podcast, absolutely, okay? Absolutely. You also, also <clears throat> mentioned about um, saying that you're sorry. Why is Number that eight. Number eight, saying that you're sorry. We don't do that well just, in our generation. Very brief. Very briefly. I just don't think it's uh, wrong with having to say you're sorry. And um, it makes you feel better as well as the person you are apologizing to. My reason saying that you always should make that a part of your lifestyle to say you're sorry. There's some it's a situation that existed in our marriage early, and that's when I looked at my wife, I saw tears, and that hurt at me worse than hurt at her. So I made it a point. Anytime I thought that she was discomfort, to come back and re regroup and say, I'm sorry for whatever caused the problem. Okay. And number seven, on the other side of saying that you're sorry, that means someone has to forgive, right? So I know forgiveness is huge. Forgiveness shows up in, in your health and everything we do. So number seven, forgiveness. How, how has that played a role after 59 very years? Very important. That's very important because stress is no good. And because you carry stress and not willing to say you um, forgive a person, marriage, in the marriages or outside of the home, but especially in the marriage, carrying something that has stressed you out and saying you're sorry could re relieve that. I just find saying, uh, being able to forgive just makes it so much comfortable in the home. So they go hand in hand is you have to say you're sorry first and the other person well, both have to forgive, too, yeah. right? It makes a difference. You need to be on one accord. The scripture tells us, I'm so, anybody that does something to me, regardless of what it is, I'm so, we have, the scripture said that if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Most especially if I forgive others naturally, I'm going to forgive my wife. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, happen, that's something I cannot get around. Right, because she's a part of you. Part of me, right. Why do you think people still have difficulty doing both of those things today? And what advice would you give younger couples? It doesn't cost a thing, but just say, I'm sorry, forgive me. And, and it takes a lot of pressure off you. It's a burden that you would carry that you no longer have to carry. But it costs me my pride and my flesh. Are you kidding me? Forget the pride. Pride is just something that will destroy the marriage. If I consider my pride these 59 years we're discussing would not exist. 
suppose you you don't think that you did anything wrong. If you you tell her you forgive me, when you're right, you just still ask her to forgive you. So that's a secret. Man, they make it sound so easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we? Number six. Number six. Make no excuses. Well, you know, my, I didn't have a dad growing up. This is what some people say, right? I didn't have a father to tell me how to be a good role model, a good husband. Um, my mom was not there. Oh, you don't understand how I grew up, and I didn't. we didn't have certain things. So you all have said, number six, to not make any excuses. Making excuses is so easy to do, or blaming somebody else for your actions. So it's just... So making excuses is, is, is not necessary, you know. I have stressed over and over, especially young folks, that you're not a product of environment. The fact that you don't have a father to set the example for you is no excuse for not being the proper person you can be. You cannot determine who your parents are, but you can determine what kind of parents you will be. So. I grew up in an area that we, we sold whiskey, we did things, but we, we, we never smoked or drank. So the fact that you do that, use a crutch as an excuse because of absence of a parent, because your environment is negative, is not a reality in life. Well, part of statistics is that people are not getting married as often now and getting divorced. You know, they, they don't get married because they can cohabitate. They get divorced because they don't like what the other person did. Uh, are those valid excuses? From my standpoint, it's not. You know, you, you, there's always going to be ups and downs in a marriage, but you have to learn how to solve the ups, uh, 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 cue the ups. And whatever problem that confronts you, look into it, talk it out, solve it, and go on. So can I ask a personal question? I know that you have had to have some conflicts during marriage. How did you work these things out? Because you could have had an excuse to say, well, I had enough of this, I'm gone. We made up our minds that the previous um, reasons all combined together makes a difference in staying together. The forgiveness part, having no excuses, uh, being able to say, I'm sorry, and again, just just working together, just communicating all of the previous reasons for staying together that we've talked about makes a difference in staying together. Okay. All right. So that really brings us to number five, what you were mentioning before is being willing to grow together. So there will be conflict. There will be disagreements. Um, and in those conflicts and disagreements, we you, it sounds like you have to be committed to stick and stay. No matter what, we're committed to say that we're sorry, to forgive, to do things together, uh, to not make up any excuses. So, because a lot of times people say, well, you know, that person has changed, so I'm out. I'm out, you have changed over the years. I don't wanna deal with, with this person you are. You're not the same person that I married. But what I'm hearing you all say is, it's important to grow together. Sure, people change. Sure, people evolve, but you have to adapt to how you're changing and adapt to how your mate is changing and be willing to grow together. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That sums that. The first, the first six reasons, that sort of sums it up. 
you just have to be willing, even though there are changes, uh, you still have to grow together and continue with those previous reasons that I gave you earlier. I think the strength of growing together is to discover each other's strength and weakness. And whether she's strong, let her utilize her strength and build up on her weakness. Something that we had done early in our marriage, I took care of all the bills, but I learned later on that in my absence, she might not be familiar with the system that I was using to pay my bills. So I began to let her pay the bills. So when should I go before she goes, that she wouldn't be lost out here in the mix. So again, just adapting and, and, and changing and growing together. All right, so this is number four. We're at number four now. Which goes right into the money management that you talk about. And this is one of the key reasons uh, why people get divorced. Uh, but finance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, finances. Yeah. My money, your money. Yeah. yeah. I got a backup stash that you don't know about. All right, yeah. all right. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Tripp, you just referenced the, the whole money management thing. Tell us uh, how that has been successful for the both of you. Early in our lives that I was figured it was my responsibility as a provider of my family to take care of my family. My wife is to train, uh, uh, teach our children and take care of children at home. So we started earlier, let her be the manager of our children so they would develop her character rather than some daycare character. But the money part came in later on in our lives <clears throat> that uh, when she got and got a job, she began to buy things. and. Some things didn't work out because it wasn't in my budget. So we sit down early in our lives said, anything that we purchase should be under my budget, not your budget, in case you get pregnant like you did earlier in one situation. So it wouldn't put a uh, extreme burden on me. So we agreed to that. And to this day, I'm responsible for all my bills. If she wants to come in, to be some help is on her. Okay. Uh, anything you want to share with that, Mama, managing money? No, I find um, I find in a marriage you can't concern yourself what the Joneses are spending or have. Just just be attentive to your household as far as spending. And if you have, when you have a mate that has taken on taking care of the household, work with that, and don't. Uh, be so. Um, I think selfish is a good word. Well, <laughs> well, uh, like I said, selfish and concerning yourself, and and about the other families, what they're doing. Work together with what your household has, and uh, work. And again, work together with your mate. Mister, Mrs. Tripp. Uh, many people in today's generation, uh, married or not married tend to live beyond their means, tend to, you know, buy more things on credit, spend more than they make. Uh, and um, you all have, um, just observing your lifestyle, uh, have been able to save your money, uh, live the kind of lifestyle that you want and enjoy now in retirement. Um, what, what advice would you give to younger couples now that are not living you know, at their means and so that they can have the kind of retirement lifestyle that you all have. Put your credit cards away. Just, I mean, people will send you credit cards every day, but I'm starting out in the early sixties. I've learned that 
if you can't pay for it and you don't agree to buy it, don't worry about it. I have had credit cards sent to me. I tear them right up. I don't hold on to them. I don't work behind my husband's back with charging. And I think we were 70 some years old. He was when we charged something on one of the credit cards. And uh, as far as food and just, just walking around, just showing your credit card, it's just not a good thing for younger, for starting out. And I know the couples are eager to spend. Younger couples are eager to, eager to spend and, and, and have a good time with uh, traveling. That wasn't a part of my budget. I just don't think, until this day, I don't care to just spend and travel. I like to go occasionally, but it, it's just not a part of me. I like to pick it back on that, the fact that my wife made statements she just made because there's several times that I thought probably she, the vehicle she was driving was uh, out of date and she, she decided as long as it's running, it would take it from point A to point B. She wouldn't like the, some of the people we know that as long as the man is willing to purchase another car, they were willing to get it because she's not concerned about the neighbor across the street with a new car. In fact, our budget, our president is other people's budget. As stated earlier, whatever she, we decided that we can afford is what we did in early in our life, and my salary doubled. That didn't mean that my way of living doubled. We lived the same way we've always lived. We saved the old extra money that we were making that when we made the extra salary, and find out later in our life it made life a lot easier. So, how did you come up with that? That that's um, <laughs> people uh, hear that. But they don't practice that. Right. They say, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's nice to say. How did you learn that and how, what made you put it to practice, you know? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a kind of difficult uh, question to answer because some of this stuff is inbred, you know. You do things not because somebody told you or somebody that you learned from other people. It's just something that you decide that within, within the family itself that this is what's going to be in the best interest of our family. So let's follow this rule. So that's good. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to come right back now and take a brief break with the final top three in our top 10 on marriage secrets from uh, Milton and Cherry Trip. So you listen to the top 10 now. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We are the light of the world. Have you embraced your shine? Join First Baptist Church of Glen Arden to learn how to live a life that shines at the He Loves Me Women's Conference. This event takes place October 4th through the 6th in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Hear inspiring speakers Bishop Rosie O'Neill, Joe Saxton, Jada Edwards, and music artists Gay R. Buckle and Corin Hawthorne. Be empowered to reflect and share the love of Christ. Visit fbcglenarden.org to register today. All right, so now that we're back from our break, we are now at our top three of our countdown of how you can stay married and stay married for 59 years. And, and Daddy, 59 years is what, three scores? Well, one, one year shy of three scores, right? Because a score is, is 20 years, right? right? So you're almost at three scores um, of, of being married and being married to the same person. How about that? Can we say that out loud? Same person. The same person. <laughs> she has changed and evolved and got beautiful over the time, over the years. But again, the, the same type of character that you 
you chose. So let's get into that about who you chose. And this is our number three of our countdown about being intimate. Can you all share about that? Is that okay? If we can talk about intimacy in your marriage and how important that is. I mean, you did have six kids. Um, well, it, well, actually, six kids you just stated is one representation of the situation. That's, that's academic. We don't have to discuss that part. That's science but, too, but, right? That's <laughs> biology. But, but I remember a situation where we went to James Hill and her nephew, or at least her sister's boy, said, Uncle Milk said, I, I sure admire the way that you're taking care of my aunt. Say she looked as good and looked better than she did when she was younger. And I appreciate that fact. Any time that she act like it stated earlier, we're no we're not two people, we're one people. If she's undressed, I'm undressed. If she's unhappy, I'm unhappy. So I made sure that if I'd be happy, she has to be happy. Okay. The word was intimacy. Can you, can you get there? He's being nice about it. Oh, we should have been on video. <laughs> can you go there for the people? Can you go there for the people? We need to know. This is a being intimate with your mate is is just a good thing to me, and I find I don't find it hard to do. I love being intimate with my spouse, and I think that's a really important part of being married and staying married. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and I, I'm sorry, Jay, yeah. I have to say this, because mom, you're 76, and daddy, you are 82. Is that something y'all did years ago? Or is that still being practiced? Intimacy in your marriage. We're talking about being married for how years. far you're going with intimacy. Okay. You know, <laughs> how far you go with it, and you go as far as you can with it, okay. and can still be intimate even without being intimate when you were in your 50s right, gotcha. or your 60s or your 70s you can still be loving since this is not x-rated we won't discuss it in the further than that <laughs> okay. all right so i think the lesson that we just heard is that you can be intimacy for the rest of your life you can be intimate for the rest of your life That's and there's the yeah and there's hope and i think even at our age katrina we tell couples you know, in their 30s, 40s, you know, 50s that, and, and, and we believe, and I, based on your parents, can it get better as time goes on? It does. Okay. It, it grows strong. Yeah, that's it, what I wanted to hear. Each day makes it a stronger relationship. Right. Right. See, like, like my wife, when I, there's situations sometimes in my life and people may rub me the wrong way, no one growing to know me. She said, unround them shoulders. Relax. <laughs> Forget it. So she knows when I'm angry when I'm not angry. She keeps me in contact. That's true. You sure us get up close to your ears, right? Well, yeah. I want to personally thank you all for passing that trade on to your youngest daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You're welcome. Amen. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> all right. Pete. Number two. We're at number two. Um, practicing your Christian faith. Again, we're at, we're at the top now. We're doing a countdown, but this is this is the top of the of the good stuff. Yeah. Having God in your life, it's a lot to do with the previous eight statements that we've talked about. You love the Lord. You have faith in what he can do for you or what you can do for him, what he's asked of you to do. Having a, a Christian life has been one of the best Traits. Traits mm -hmm. in a marriage. 
you know, I, I love the fact that my mate loves the Lord. And, uh, and hopefully he can say that about me, because that makes a big difference in a marriage, just having a Christian life. Ditto. No, go ahead, Dad. Yeah, I agree with the Christian faith. My wife believes that she believes in helping other people. She believes in the fact that when somebody asks, when they cross that Jordan of bar, did you feed in the body? She can say yes. Did you close in the body? She can say yes. A lot of people can't say that, even though they shout all day long in church. So you all have evidence of your Christian faith in the marriage that you witness to each other and to others. I tell her all the time that I'm going to stay right under her because she's standing on holy ground, the fact the life she lives. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to, to kind of touch on that yeah. because even Christian marriages are still high in divorce. Yeah. So I wanted to to understand, even though that's the case, that what's the real deal? What's the, what's the real deal secret sauce to that? Is it just because, you know, Christians saying that they're believing and not practicing these hard and characteristic trait things of saying that you're sorry, of true walking in forgiveness? You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to speak to, to them as well. One situation that I discovered in my life, my wife was saying, you don't want him to love all the time. I said, I know a situation where the guy said, I love the man and his wife being put out those every week. Life's being cut off every I think you show them and then you tell them you love them. Plus you got put to put it in action first and then you speak it. I agree with that in addition to, again, loving the Lord having the Lord in your life because having the Lord or having God in your life, things you might do, would do. No, that's not what he said to do. We can't do this. We can't do that because that's not godly. So a lot of things we think that we can do because we are grown. Mm -hmm. But if they're not godly, that'll help you to stay in a marriage. And be accountable to each other as well. Exactly. Let's end with the number one reason, uh, which is choosing the right mate. Because a lot of people can start off wrong, right? You know, this is, even though it's the last on the list, it should have been the first on the list, yeah. choosing the right mate. Because it's I found one. out that our choice is not always the right choice. I was told early in life, if you want to get a mate that will be your mate the rest of your life, first pray for it. And, and in spite of all the things that I've been told, my mother told me, pray for you a wife. I told my mother I wanted a wife that when I went out the front door that somebody didn't come in my back. That I wanted a wife that would love her children, take care of children. I want a wife that would respect our marriage. And God, through accepting God's choice, I have gained all of those things. And, and how did you hear him? How did you know? So through a dream. I, if she time I asked for a mate, I dreamed of Cherry. When there were other choices out there. Oh, yeah, that's the other choice. Yeah. Coming up. Now, there was a list. <laughs> you at the top. You were number one. You did number one. We're at number one now. So you number one, sugar. <laughs> How did you know, Mom? Because it's not just the man finding the wife. We have to receive as the women. This response, this this answer. So how did you know that you chose the right mate? I don't think you can say I know. Mm -hmm. As I had a teacher to tell me, I wouldn't 
ever get married because I had so many um, do's and don'ts. I don't want this. I don't want this. He, I don't want a man to do this or a man to do that. Oh, that's where I got it from. <laughs> so I don't, and I still think, I just don't think you know when you are choosing, mm -hmm. but with prayer and the 10 statements that we've made previously kind of tells you. You've heard it from the experts, folks. Uh, 59 years, this is the year we're recording. This is in 2018. And uh, they've been married for 59 years. Built in a chair trip of Moorhead City, North Carolina. The parents of my dear wife, Catrill Tripp. Thank you all so much for being with us and sharing these secrets.